Hi there, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join us is author Jill Santapolo. We're going to talk about her latest book, More Than Words. Hi, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. I have to say, I was so gripped by your last book, and I thought, oh boy, what's next? <laughs> because <laughs> That's how I felt amazing. writing it. Oh no, what can I do now? You know, when we talked, um, you know, sharing my show, Get the Funk Out, I'm always intrigued how people go through some kind of tough time, and you had gone through a really tough breakup, and then Mm -hmm. I hear that you'd written so many books after the breakup, and I was joking, saying, oh, you should thank your ex. Um, (laughs) Because what, I mean, this is is incredible. Are you amazed about how many books you keep coming up with? It's, I mean... It's fun. I feel like I'm 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 free to create and it's great. Yeah. I know because there's no stopping. You know, when you do one then it kind of there's a domino effect into more ideas. Mm-hmm. Um this this latest book more than words um was the process similar to The Light We Lost or different? Um it was similar in some ways. You know, it also came from a sort of very emotional place for me. I lost my father about 5 years ago. Oh yeah, I um, actually, be- yeah. Before I finished writing uh, the light we lost, mm-hmm. and it, um, I think that just sort of got lodged in the back of my brain. And when I was trying to come up with what I was going to write next, you know, that's that piece of my experience just kept coming out in all of my ideas. And I was like, "Come on, can I come up with something that doesn't involve me having to write about this?" But it wasn't to be. Um, so this was sort of where I knew my heart and my head were and, and, you know, a lot of the things I was thinking about, you know, about what, what sort of, uh, people's legacies are, what they leave behind for their children and in their children and what it means to lead a good life or, you know, a successful life and, and also what happens when parents, you know, are, you realize that they're just people. They're not, you know, perhaps the, the, the all-knowing, you know. Yes. I got you. I, I'm going to say deities, but that's not really <laughs> what I mean. But you know what I mean. I know. Um, that, that maybe you thought they were when you were a kid. Right. So there's, there was a lot that sort of was going around in my head. And um, that's kind of where this book came from. And well, the first one, you know, I'd written sort of not realizing it was going to be a novel, just kind of writing these vignettes. This one I wrote intending for it to be a novel. um, And then I ended up doing a lot of revision. Like the first draft that I wrote, almost none of it is in the final book. Whoa, that's a lot of cutting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was a lot of cutting. Yeah. I mean, there. I wrote, I want to say three kind of major drafts in the first one. There are a few scenes that got saved, but a mm-hmm. lot of it didn't. And then the second one, I would say the first two thirds got saved and the last third got sort of redone again until until my editor and I were happy with, with sort of what we had. But that's so That's so true, though, with the creative process, because a lot of times you have to kind of get out this beginning piece that's just going to get you into the flow of the real meat of the story. Mm-hmm. And then you cut that beginning piece. Yeah, and you just it just kind of gets you moving and thinking in the right way, and it's 
character development and plot development, and you're just kind of figuring things out and finding your way. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to back up for a second. I don't know if I shared with you, but I lost my dad to cancer in December 2015. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. um, Thank you. And so, you know, when I read about your dad, I was thinking it is... For me, I know it was incredible because I kind of got back into writing from losing my dad. And, um, you know, you kind of find yourself like you th- you feel like you're in pieces, but then you kind of yeah. find something about yourself and there's some kind of strength. So it's beautiful that you incorporated your dad. Yeah. You know, someone someone sent me a thing after my dad had died that said um, every a difficult experience is like being dipped in boiling water mm-hmm. and you can either be um, be an object that is destroyed by the fire or an object that is enhanced by it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like trying, you know, that, that was sort of very interesting to me, um, you know, of what, what you take out of an experience can be so different in one person's reaction versus the other person's reaction and and how much can you choose how that experience affects you. Right. Well, you sound like you're very resilient. I mean, you, like your first book and what I mentioned, your whole backstory of writing, you know, you went through some really tough personal times and, but your passion was always writing and mm-hmm. you've, what have you, this is your, what, 15th book? 16. Sixteenth, yeah, crazy. In how many crazy. years? How many years is that? Um, in eleven. Um, it's, wow, that that's outstanding. But I'm much slower now because I'm not writing kids' books. I mean, to be fair, the kids' yeah. books are are much shorter and much faster. Like yeah. the, the uh, more than words took me two years to write. Oh, it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your writing is. I mean, I can just visualize it. I really see these like movies, the way you write. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you, um, do you try? Do you incorporate some of your own uh, personality traits into Nina or any of your other characters? You know, I think there's a little bit of me in probably almost all of them because, mm-hmm. you know, I think the way my brain thinks and I'm creating humans, so... You know, there's probably a little bit of me in, in all of the characters I create, mm-hmm. but but there's a lot of them that's not me. You know, there's a lot of of characteristics that happen because I'm developing a character. You know, I mean, Nina's character, for example, she lives in a circle, an elite circle in New York City that I'm not part of. Okay. And... You know, it was a fun circle to kind of peek into and, and explore for this book. But I think that there are things about her personality that are shaped by the world she grew up in. You know, and yeah. and since she and I don't have those same experiences, we don't have that same part of our personalities. So, so much of who the characters are are based on the circumstances that I put them in and then sort of how I would imagine someone would evolve from those circumstances. Gotcha. Now, um, for people that are listening that are writers, do you write pretty much in the same space or do you get inspired by, you know, writing in different places in New York? You know, I write whenever I have 
the time and my laptop. Mm-hmm. So I have written literally on the New York City public transit system. Right. I've written <laughs> on airplanes, tons of airplanes. I've written on trains. I guess transportation is a big thing. I don't yes. know. Yeah. I've written um, sitting at gates waiting for airplanes. I've written at my friend's apartment, at my apartment. I mean, I truly, anywhere that I have about an hour and my laptop, I will pull open a file and start writing. That's amazing. But, I mean, that's how it works. You just get this moment and you make the most of that moment. Yeah, especially once I'm really rolling and I know what's going on. Like, at the beginning, it's a little harder to sort of get into it. But Mm -hmm. once I feel like I know these characters, I know this world, I know the story, and I'm just kind of going, I can open that up anywhere. I love that. Do, Do you actually see the characters interacting or you just hear them? I see them. You see them, yeah. No one's ever asked me that before. I see them. Yeah. Because I see them, too. Especially um, in your previous book, I just see everything. I guess because I'm a more visual person. Yeah, you know, I think... You know, I, I, I did a lot of theater when I was in high school and college and right after college. And I think I sort of imagine the characters, the way I, when I read a script, mm-hmm. when I was acting, I would sort of imagine the characters kind of going through the motion, like, or my character, at least going through the motions on the stage and thinking like, oh, I need to do some kind of stage work there where I'm looking at that thing while that other thing is going on, but I'm on stage two and I can't just be a statue. And yes. I think that that kind of happens when I'm writing where I'm thinking, oh, this character is in this scene, but they're not talking right now, so what are they doing? And this character is talking, but is paying attention to this other thing, so how do I, you know, get that across on the page? See, maybe that's what I picked up on. Um, I've taken some acting classes, and I just feel like you really do paint the entire picture of what's going on, the nonverbal and the verbal and the whole picture. Yeah, I I mean... I definitely try to do that, and I think it is because of theater, like that, mm-hmm. that you know, need to express character through motion as well as the lines that are written. Mm-hmm. And tell me about um, the role New York plays in this book. So, yeah, I just can't seem to get away from writing about New York. Huh? <laughs> um, My favorite so, city. <laughs> mine too. So in this one, Nina, Nina's father, um, and then eventually Nina, owns a chain of luxury, elegant New York hotels. And I felt like I really wanted that New York, old New York vibe, you know, that you get when you think of the plaza or the Waldorf yes. or, you know, that that feeling of opulence and space and beauty and charm that just is very innate in in the New York sort of vibe. Yes. Um, and like I was saying before, you know, one of the things that I think is, is fantastic about New York is all the different circles of people that are here in the little communities within the larger city. Mm-hmm. So I had fun kind of peeking into a different community this time. I love that. I know, because um, I, I feel like you're so close to the city. Obviously, you live there, right? You're, mm-hmm. Do you live right in Manhattan? 
I do. I do. Yeah. I can't imagine you really writing about someplace else. Yeah, I mean, maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. one day. I, you know, the first the first draft of this book, I actually tried to set somewhere else. I tried to set it in upstate New York, um, and <laughs> and it, it wasn't really working. <laughs> yeah, I I think you got to be true to like just where you are and what comes to you, obviously. Yeah. What would you like readers to take away from this book? So I think what I'd like readers to take away from it is is twofold. Is that number one is that, you know, life is short and we don't know how long we have or how long anyone we love has. Mm-hmm. So if there's something you want to do or something you want to say to someone or you know, a dream you want to go after, to the best of your ability, go for it because things could end tomorrow. You know, you have no idea. Yeah. And then I think the other thing that I would like people to take away from the book is the idea of, I guess, I guess it's forgiveness that, you know, people... People expect things from other people, and and oftentimes what you get is not what you expect, but that's kind of okay, you know, that people people are just people and everyone is really trying to do their best, and even if their best isn't always what other people wish it were, yeah, um, you know, they're trying. Yeah. Did this uh, process of writing this book help you maybe with your own grief, or do you see that as something you wanted to incorporate to help other people? Yeah, I think I had, you know, a lot of what I had included in here were things I had kind of worked out, worked through myself mm-hmm. in the years before I, I started writing it. But I wanted to include it because I felt like with The Light We Lost, so many people have contacted me afterward and said, you know, um, I went through a similar experience and this book made me feel less alone or this book made me understand it better or this book helps me through a breakup. And I felt like there that that connection of exper- experience mm-hmm. kind of is really a powerful thing. And I was hoping that I could write another book that people would connect with in that way and feel like, you know, maybe it made them look at an experience they had differently or helped them through it or just made them feel less alone. Yes. Because other people are feeling these things too. Yeah. And I want to mention your books are translated into other languages, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one, The Light We Lost, is now, I, I think we're up to 36 or 37 languages, which is so wow. mind-blowing. It's amazing. so amazing. Yes. Um, I think Albanian was our newest, which is exciting. That is awesome. Um, yeah, I kind of want to go on a world tour of all of the places my book is available just to sort of see all these different countries, because a lot of them are places I've never been before, but really would love to go. That'd be exciting. Um, yeah, it would be really fun. And now more than words, I think we might be up to five or six for more than words now. Um, so hopefully those will, will keep coming. Oh, yeah. And I want to mention that uh, you are in L.A. on the 15th. That's part of That's your That's right. Yeah. You're a book soup. I am. 
I'm at Book Soup. I'll give that out. Uh, 8818 Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. You're there on Friday, February 15th at 7 p.m. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. And and uh, where else are you going to be? I'm going to be in, I'm in New York tomorrow night. Then I'm in Denver on Wednesday the 13th. I'm in Portland on Thursday the 14th. So anyone who comes will have a little Valentine's Day party or nice. Galentine's Day. Nice. Um, then L.A. on the 15th. And then on the 18th, I'll be up in Oakland. Fantastic. And could you give your website for people who want to find out more about you and where your book tour is? Absolutely. It's www.jillsantopolo.com. And there's an events page if you want to find out more about where I'll be in all those cities. And any info you want to give away about what, what else is going on next for you? So I just started a new book because I can't <laughs> I can't not write for too long, yeah. um, and my editor has some early fragile pages and a synopsis right now. So I'm crossing my fingers that she likes them, and we'll see what happens. That is great. And again, I really do see these as movies, so I'm going to put that out there. Yeah. Well, the light we lost has been optioned by a production company, Yay. so I'm hoping actually that when I'm in LA, I'll get to see some of them and oh, that'd be amazing. Talk about it. I, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm really excited. Yeah, because there were moments when I was reading that book, I literally like turned a page and I like my I lost my breath for a second. Like, wow! Like I, it was just so captivating. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, Jill. So that's a wrap. I want to thank you so much for calling in. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for inviting me back. I really had a great time. My pleasure. If you missed any part of this, it will be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms underscore rock. 